How y'all doing? And welcome back to a Cold Seat Podcast rankings episode for the 2023 NFL Draft. This is our fourth edition this week, and we are reviewing edge rushers. Um, if you didn't know, edge rushers, defensive ends, kind of all blended together in these rankings. Uh, edge rusher is one of the more valuable positions in the league. Exciting to see this class. It's pretty deep, and you know it is does have a few guys at the top too that you know we could see three guys go top 12 um but also you look at day two which is rounds two and three and you could get a lot of guys off the board then too um i watched 10 guys brady watched 11 and we're excited to go over them here we're going to do a little bit different uh format instead of just going from you know our lowest guy to our first in alternating fashion we're going to talk about the guys that we didn't do as much on and then we're going to move in to guys in alphabetical order and discuss where we each had them and what we each had on them. Um, yeah, so with that, I guess I'll let you kick it off here with your first guy that you watched, um, guys that we didn't have too much on, but we did watch. Yeah, so first guy uh, for me was Will McDonald, the edge rusher out of Iowa State, or Will McDonald the fourth. Love the IV at the end of the last name, by the way, out of Iowa State. Um, had a great senior bowl week, played there. Um, Really was probably the, one of the best edge guys, if not the best pass rusher there this week in terms, of, especially in one-on-ones. Um, really the only guy who who gave Darnell Wright some trouble all week, um, beat him a few times. Really, really like his pass rush upside. Um, gets to the edge really quickly. He's a really, really long um, player at 6'3", 241. Um, redshirt senior, so he's a little older. Going to be, I believe, will be 23 on draft night. Um, 22, 23 on draft night. Definitely 23 by the season start. Um, but again, a guy who uses, he leverages his length well um, to win win on the edge. Um, he's raw overall, which you don't love to see for a guy, you know, at that age. I, I guess, yeah, at that age, you know, you don't really want to see um, that kind of, I don't know, just, you, you don't want to see that, that he's that raw, at, you know, that at that age. So it could be better there. Um, and I don't think he's great in run in run defenses at all, frankly, um, much as I hate to say that he's, he's really raw there. I think, I don't think he plays very disciplined there. He gets beat at the point of attack a lot. So, um, pass rush specialist, a guy who I think can, can contribute early on in his career, you know, on the edge as a pass rush only guy, but, um, going to take a long time for him to be an every down player. And I don't even know if he'll ever get there, but it doesn't hurt to have a guy like this in the roster. Um, you know, long edge guy who can, you know, probably contribute on special teams as well. So, um, but great senior will be from McDonald and he definitely put his name on the map and boosted his stock. And somebody's going to take a chance on this kid or pretty early, probably in, on day two. Um, I'll say this, all 11 guys we're going to talk, or I guess we're going to talk about what, 12 or 13 today. Um, yeah, 13, all 13 will probably be first, first three round picks. To this edge class, um, I wouldn't even want to talk about the beginning, but this edge class is really deep. Um, didn't I didn't watch Andre Carter, neither did you. Keon White out of Georgia Tech's another one that we didn't watch. So um, both those guys are names you could see called on on day two. So you're looking at maybe 15 edge guys that could be drafted on day two, and I wouldn't be shocked. So this is um, probably the strength of the class once you get out of round one. That or corner, um, really good class though. But yeah, one McDonald's a guy. Um, someone will take a chance on the pass rush upside for sure. He's a guy that I did not uh, give any attention to as I was looking at 10 other guys. Um, but, yeah, definitely heard a lot, seen a lot of him this week. And be exciting to see, you know, where he ends up and how he does at the next level because I think he does have upside. 
and a lot of potential. Um, but yeah, a little bit older should be interesting. Um, you know, see how our rankings change with him uh, in consideration. But I'm going to get into a guy that I watched that you did not, and that is Auburn's Derek Hall from Gulfport, Mississippi. Uh, he is 6'3", 256 pounds, and he will be 22 years and one month at the time of the draft. Grew up just over four hours from campus, and in his 2022 season, he logged 745 snaps. He had 60 tackles, 47 pressures, seven sacks, eight TFLs, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and an interception. Notice that his strengths were that he was really solid against the run, more so than most of the class. Uh, he does have upside as a pass rusher with the with the seven sacks. He's quick off the line with heavy hands, and he has good coverage instincts. Uh, in terms of weaknesses, he sometimes shoots up field too quick. He can benefit by moving inside a few plays. Um, he doesn't locate the ball easily against the run, and sometimes you know, shoots the wrong holes and stuff like that. Um, I projected him 30 to 45, you know, a guy that probably early second round, early half, um, you know, overall a pretty solid player playing in a good conference and put up good stats. Um, you know, he's a little older, over 22 years old, which is always tough. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing where all these guys go. And I think he's just another guy in this really stout group. Yeah, no, for sure. Derek Hall is definitely a name that I had, you know, on my two watch list, but I was, you know, 15, 16 deep. Um, another guy who had a great senior bowl week was Byron Young. I forgot to mention at Tennessee. Didn't get to watch him. Didn't watch a lot of his senior bowl stuff yet. Um, but I'm definitely going to kind of next week as I get a little more free time uh, with school and stuff. But I'm um, definitely a name to keep an eye on as well there. Um, but I'll get into my next guy, the final guy that you didn't watch. Um, then the next 10 will be all guys that we watched uh, both and both had notes on. was, um, But this guy, um, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Six foot five, two seventy five, redshirt sophomore. Um, was going to be in my top ten. I had him. Uh, I sorry, I guess Will McDonald was the guy. He would have been my. He would have been the odd man out of my ten. He was the eleventh. Um, my, outside the top ten guy, I would have had um, Lucas Van Ness would have been in that top five, or sorry, that top top ten. Um, probably the seven or six or seven range. Um, probably about probably would have been seven for me, honestly. Um. So here's the thing with Van Ness is he's going to be a top 15 pick, top 20 pick for sure. I, I mean, I think right now because of the raw, the flashes you're going to see on tape, the word I gave him was raw. Um, he didn't play a lot of, at Iowa. Um, they rotated a lot of guys for better or for worse. You'd have liked to see him be on the field more, um, you know, just with the flashes that he had. You know, He's got a long way to go, I think, as a complete player. He doesn't play very consistently. Um, but if you're drafting this kid, you're drafting him, betting on the development you can get out of him, and that you can coach him up and get him to have his worth of good on his tape is what you're going to see in the majority of the time. Because when it's really good, it's really good. I mean, like when he gets when he gets the hips and the hands together and they're going – I mean, it, he's very powerful when he gets, you know, everything flowing together. It's just um, – you, know, you don't see it every single rep, which is the thing for me, uh, which is why I have outside the top five. Um, I love the, vers- vers- the versatility he brings to the table with his size. I think he thrives best as a 3-4 de- true defensive end um, where he can play, you know, head up on the five to the tackle or can you reduce down inside to inside the tackle even over the guard if you want him to or, I guess, outside the guard in a three-tech. Um, but, again, it's just inconsistent. It's just not all there yet as a player, I think. It's a huge bet on the tools, and it's a risky one in my opinion, which is like a guy we're going to talk about later on that's 
probably in both of our top fives. It's you're betting a lot on the tools. You just saw it a lot more on tape with him. Um, but again, Van Ness certainly falls into the bucket. There, there, to me, there's a pretty clear bucket of on tape. A lot of these guys in this class, it's either like they've got the production on tape and they're just like they're lacking like the, the physical upside or they're super high upside guys. They're just lacking the production on tape. And I know there's a pretty clear bucket you can put most of these guys into outside of the, the guy at one where you can drop all of these guys into. Um, and I just think that the production necessarily wasn't there for me for Van Ness to put him in the top five ahead of a couple of guys that had um, ridiculous production in college. Yeah, I agree. Van Ness is definitely a, I think a highly tatted guy come April 27th and a guy that I definitely want to get to here uh, before the draft. Um, but yeah, I think we have nine guys remaining that we both watched. We're going to go through them in alphabetical order and discuss where we each ranked them. And so uh, if you know the alphabet, then A comes first. And the only guy with the last or one of two guys with the last name of A is Alabama's Will Anderson, uh, Will Anderson Jr. Out of Hampton, Georgia. Um, he's both our number one guy. He should be a top four pick, one of the few blue chip prospects in this class. He's 6'4", 243 pounds. He's going to be four months from 22 years old on draft night. Um, you know, a guy like this, you don't really watch a ton of. You normally just hear about him and see highlights. And, you know, you watch the big time games and maybe focus on him a few plays. So I did more background on him as opposed to, uh, you know, film. So he had 22 sacks as a senior in high school. Grew up three and a half hours from campus. He had a freakish 2021 season, including 17 and a half sacks. He's not that old either. Um, he will be a top four pick. He had 652 snaps in 2022, which is actually down 221 from the 873 he had in 2021. And just six more snaps than in 2020 as uh, freshman season. So, you know, he played a good bit all three years, you know, 650 plus snaps all three years. And, you know, he had the production every year, obviously in high school, being a four-star recruit. Um, his 2022 stats, he had 51 tackles, 59 pressures, 10 sacks, 17 TFLs, and an interception. In terms of strengths, um, you know, he's really athletic. He knows how to get the QB and finish plays, uh, which you don't see from a lot of other guys in this class. He's really a good run defender as well. He has a strong lower body and you know, many more strengths. But in terms of weaknesses, I don't think he has quite the versatility that you would want to see with top end edge guys. He did occasionally, you know, if a tackle locked into his chest plate, he did have a couple uh, tough time a few times getting off of that. And sometimes he tends to shoot up field too quick. Um, he can play a little high occasionally on long drives. He just getting worn out a little bit. Um, but yeah, not many other than that. He's a pretty solid prospect. He's well-rounded game. Uh, should translate pretty well to the NFL. Project him top four, like I said. And should be fun to see who ends up taking him and what order those top four picks are. Yeah, I mean, the lowest he should be on boards is two. Maybe three if you want to put Bryce Young ahead of him on, on overall draft boards. Um, Will's a special player. Um, people are going to complain about the size, but I'm, I really don't worry about it. I mean, it's a laundry list of awards for this kid. Started in 41 out of 41 games at Alabama. I don't know if that's ever happened for anybody at Alabama. I mean, started as a true freshman every single game. Um, 2020, 2020 national champion, two-time Nick Trophy winner for best defensive player in college football. 
He's the Bednarik Award winner in 2022 for the best defensive player in college football. Um, 21, I believe it was Jordan Davis that won it. He won the Lot Trophy this year for recognizing outstanding players with outstanding character and sportsmanship. Two-time defensive player of the year, SEC defensive player of the year. Two-time unanimous all first-team All-American. Two-time first first-team All-SEC. Second-team All-SEC, the true freshman. Um, and he was a 2021 Cotton Bowl uh, college football semifinal MVP. Um, the only award Will didn't or that Will didn't win was the Heisman, and he should have won it over his teammate Bryce Young in 2021. If you ask me, I think Brett feels shares feels the same sentiment that I do on that. Um, that he was the best player in college football last year. Um, I mean, he absolutely dominated with unreal numbers. He was never going to match those this year. Just you just don't put up 17 and a half sacks in a season, and the next season get more. Teams are going to double and triple team you. Um, every single box is checked with this guy. Special talent on the field. Um, he's an incredible young man off the football field. I think you, you, Nick Saban, he never said a bad word about this kid in in, in the public or anything like that. Um, Nick always had great things to say about Will, not only as a football player, but as a young man, uh, awesome dude. Um, he doesn't possess the size that like Miles Garrett or a Bosa brother did. Um, I think Nick was a little smaller than Jerry, obviously, but I, I think Will's still a little bit smaller than both those guys. Um, but he makes up for it with elite speed um, coming off the edge. And he, he does have off-ball versatility, like Alabama drops him in coverage at times and he was aware enough to to be okay there, kind of in the flats. Um, and again, he's going to fit that outside linebacker, you know, mold perfectly. Um, a guy who's going to be able to do everything on the football field for the most part. A um, couple notes I wanted to put on him here, and then I'll get to my next, then our next guy on the list. Um, elite speed on the edge, some of the best I've ever seen in college football, to be honest. Um, the guy's got the incredible speed off the edge. He chases down the read option really fast. Uh, it's really impressive, frankly, the way he plays down the line, um, and you can try and make him the read key. Good luck. I mean, you're going to try and read him and make him the, the odd man out on the play, but he's going to do everything in his power to, you know, make the make the make the read wrong. Um, he reads stunts well, or runs his stunts well. I think he reads not reads the offensive line well, um, and he's elite in the chase down game. I thought he has great closing speed with the quarterback. A couple of things you'd like to see him get better at. Um, he's not perfect. Obviously, he's penalized a little too much uh, for a player of his experience and talent, especially this year as a junior. Uh, a third-year starter for Alabama, you wanted to see him get penalized a little bit less. A little bit less. Um, he's not the most sound tackler. I think he could have had 20-plus sacks in 2021 if he finished on all of his sacks. Um, guys broke away from his grasp a little bit, but again, when you have that many opportunities, you're going to miss a couple more sacks. Um, he could be a little bit stronger in the run game at times, taking on double teams, that kind of thing, but again, he's not a defensive tackle, so I'm not going to hold him against him too much. Um and then he could be a little bit – he could be heavier at 6'4". I think his frame can hold another 10 to 15 pounds and still move effectively. Um, again, he doesn't need to, but he absolutely could if he wanted to. Um, but, again, this guy plays with great pad level. He's super advanced in his pass rush. He gets to his – he gets to counter as well. He gets to, you know, third moves even though he's got violent hands. Um, he beat guards, centers, tackles, tight ends. Anybody you put up against – put him up against, he was beating one-on-one. So, um, there's a million great things to say about this kid. And obviously we're going to kind of give him a little more of a deep dive, um, when we get to our top 10 players later on in kind of in the spring, but, um, we get to our next guy here with, uh, Kansas state edge rusher, Felix and Aduke Uzama. Um, let's see if I can get to his measurables here. He is six foot four, 255 pounds. He's a junior. Um, the one word I gave him was explosive and he's got great natural length. Um, he dominated big 12 play this year. And I thought he played really explosive in his pass rush. He has a good power rush, thought he had good power speed. Um, thought he ran the hoop pretty well. He bended well. He's going to be a – he's going to test like a freak. You can, can just tell with his tape. Um, he's a great natural athlete, and that's – you're bending on the upside with this guy. 
Um, I thought he got all over tackles. Like he, he got, I mean, he just so quickly was off the edge getting into their chest. I thought he pursued well as also thought he, you know, hustled really well, which is something you like to see from guys, um, you know, best players on the team. You want to see him hustle, not just, you know, play well. Um, but I guess the cons I'll get to kind of here quickly. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on him. He was, he would have been probably the eight to 10 range for me. Um, saw in behind Van Ness there. Um, Ron, a lot of ways. I didn't think he got to his second move very well when he, when his first move was beat, he was done for the most part. It was like, hopefully he can get like a cleanup sack. He can kind of, you know, quarterback steps up, tries to scramble and he just kind of scrambles right into him. Um, and I thought, you know, when he got beat off the snap, which was rare, but when he did, it was like, man, if you beat him to the spot, he's done. You know what I mean? So would like to see him kind of improvise a little bit better as an edge rusher. Um, got to be better in the run game. Needs to hold point of the point of attack better. Tried to shoot gaps too much. He wasn't very gap. Didn't have great gap integrity. Um, and just kind of didn't play with the greatest football IQ. Again, he's a young football player. Going to have a lot of chance to kind of develop in the NFL, um, especially as a run defender. But again, certainly has the length and the and the athleticism to be a great run defender. It's just a matter of like getting the technique coached up in the NFL, which I think, um, you know, Kansas State, I don't, they're not known for producing defensive linemen. They don't always produce edge rushers every year. So um, it, it may just be a byproduct of the coaching he got. It wasn't necessarily the, the sound. It's not like a Georgia where they're, cranking out first round defensive linemen every single year. So um, definitely a guy who, who has a lot of upside and is going to going to test like a freak at the combine and is going to shoot up boards. He's going to make a name for himself at the combine with just freakish athletic testing. So overall, really like this kid, a guy you can, you can draft on day two and get an immediate impact guy in, in, in the pass rush game and guy who can eventually develop into a fine run defender as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I haven't projected 40 to 60 kind of, you know, mid-second round probably. Um, but like you said, he's out of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, he's 6'4", 255. He'll be 21 years and three months at the time of the draft. He just turned 21. Grew up just under two hours from campus, where Kansas State is in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, you know, he had 624 snaps in 2022. His stats were 46 tackles, 43 pressures, eight and a half sacks, eight TFLs, and two forced fumbles. I noticed he was an effective looper. He is strong and long. Speed and power are effective. He has fluid feet and fairly versatile. Um, I noticed he was a little bit slow off the ball sometimes, and he needs to be better with his hands. Uh, he can tend to get upfield a little quick, and he did have a much better 21, I'll say. He had 11 sacks and six forced fumbles, so he did have a little bit of a drop-off in his junior season. I know going into this season, it was like, this guy could be a top-10 pick, and now we're talking about a mid-second round. So, um Definitely a drop-off is not something you never want to see, but nonetheless, eight and a half sacks is still pretty solid for him. But yeah, he was he was probably my eight to ten range as well. Um, that's pretty much it on him, though. We have one other Big 12 pass rusher we'll talk about at the end of the episode if we're going alphabetically. Um, but next on the list is Isaiah Foskey, um, Notre Dame's edge rusher. He is from Antioch, California. He is 6'5", 265. He'll be 22 and a half at the time of the draft. Um, he had four years of experience in college. He played one less snap and one less game in 2022 than 2021. In 2022, he had 45 tackles, 35 pressures, 11 sacks, 10 tackles for loss, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. I noticed he was explosive. He had solid pass rush moves, violent hands. He had good inside move and leverage and good change of direction. 
I noticed uh, for some reason, you know, you th- would think good bounce comes with that, and it didn't. Uh, he didn't have the best bounce. He can, pl- he can play a little high like a few other guys. And I noticed his ball get off wasn't always on point. Uh, there were some plays where he was a little slow, and it, it costed them that gap sometimes, uh, but that was rare. I project him 20 to 40, and he is fourth on my list. He is edge rusher four for me. Interesting. All right. Um, Foskey was a guy I didn't get to as much as I would have liked to the other guys. Um, highly productive at Notre Dame. I believe he holds the Notre Dame record for sacks. He actually, he died. No, he does. Um, played for the most part for full four, a full four years at Notre Dame. Um, I like what he brings to the table as a pass rusher. I really like the power he plays with. I think he plays with really good power. I think he plays with good hands. Um, Heavy hands for sure in the pass rush game. Um, I think he he beat up tackles pretty well on the edge. He's explosive. I thought he used speed to power well. Um, he's an advanced rusher for a college kid. Again, um, shows what the what the what the production right. Um, obviously, super smart guy at Notre Dame. Um, tremendous you know leader. Again, a guy who's a captain. One of Marcus Freeman's guys, and you know, we took over. Fosky was you know one of his guys. All in all, again, love the kid off the field. Um, which is always, always a plus for a lot of NFL teams um, is the off the field, no character issues. Um, Going to be a special teams monster whenever, you know, probably early on in his career when he's all rookies for the most part play special teams. Um, I'd say his run defending needs a little bit of work. I, I think you'd like to see him shed blocks a little bit better. Um, but again, honestly, it's not really my concern. Um, again, the size, he, he has – Prototypical size for a guy. I mean, he's going to be, what, like 6'5", 260-ish. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's going to win at the combine. Obviously, his numbers are going to be different. But um, I would have liked to see him be better when he was reduced down inside against the run. I feel like he got pushed around a little bit with down blocks, that kind of thing. Um, so it could have been a little bit better when he was reduced down. But I think when he was at the edge, he was he was fine. Um, probably would have been a guy right around, like I said, the 6 to 8 range. Um that's what I did. This class, this class was really tough for me. The six to eight range. I mean, talk about Van Ness. Obviously, was there. Um, Foskey was going to be there. Uzama was going to be there. And there's one other guy that we'll, that we'll get to that I would have had probably right around there. So I think again, when you get to from from really from four to really I guess from five to nine, it was all like these guys could have been any order for me, and I would have been a okay with that. Um, so again, Foskey at, at edge four is um, certainly something I'm not. I'm not against it all um i like his upside again the production is awesome for him as well but we get to the next guy on the list um clemson edge rusher kj henry um the guy the word i gave him was veteran um the guy's been there for a long time he's a top recruiter coming out of high school he um i believe he will be 22 on draft night senior out of clemson um but he plays with a really veteran mindset i think um when you when you watch him he was there for five years. So I think he'll be actually like he will 24 when the season starts 23 on draft night. Um, first and foremost, I mean, they got off the field, the, you know, the Clemson defensive line, the whole group did like a, a podcast interview. Um, and everyone like was talking about him was like the mayor of Clemson or like Mr. Clemson, this kind of thing, Mr. Clemson football. Like he was the face of the program on, on campus and, and around the, the kind of the community um, battled through a ton of injuries in his five years in death valley um he's not only he's like this crazy high ceiling prospect but the gap is a lot closer between him and his teammate miles murphy than people think um 
going to be a locker room favorite from the from the moment he steps, steps into a facility. Um, I think he could eventually start, you know, develop into a solid starter and a perennial team captain type, you know, veteran type guy. Um, kind of think like a Kyle Van Noy, um, just veteran leader, a guy who's been around, pros pro type of guy. Um, obviously, off the field is a great guy. Teammates loved him. It was often credited with, you know, being a guy that was the glue in one of the most tight knit groups in Power Five football. Um, I liked his ability to get to the quarterback, relentless in his effort as a rusher. Um, he's a master of none, but I thought he was kind of a jack of all trades. Doesn't necessarily have like one dominant pass rush move, but I thought he has a really deep bag. I thought he tried to get to a lot of different moves and some advanced pass rush moves you don't really see a lot of college guys even take a swing at. And he, you know, not that he was always winning all, with all these moves, but he was at least getting to them and trying them, which shows that he feels comfortable enough in game to get to kind of let those fly, which I like to see. Um High football like you got plays the game really smart. And I think a thing that you don't see a lot of college kids do that he does, um, he gets his hands up and deflects passes a ton. I mean, he gets his hands up a lot. Every single time the ball's thrown, his hands are up. Um, I really like that he plays with a veteran mindset. And the other thing that I like that you don't really it, – it's kind of the game within the game that you see a lot of pros do, you don't see a lot of college kids do, is he saved his like a, one of his best pass rush moves for the end of the game. I think it's Florida State. Um, they were down in the goal, kind of down in the red zone, third, third or fourth down. I think it was third down. Um, and he puts this move. He, he hadn't shown the move literally hadn't shown like, like any sort of resemblance to this move all game against the right tackle. I believe it was like a, it was like a long arm into a rip or something like that. Really, really it, it, it advanced move, but he, he pulled this move off and it was like, man, the, the tackle was not ready for that at all. And he saved it for the fourth quarter, knowing that he would use it when he needed it and when it mattered. So I, I thought that was a really interesting thing. And, Again, it's very in a very advanced mindset he's playing with. I think the teams really like that. Um, he's not the most bendy athlete. He's not going to blow you away with the, you know the athletic ability compared to his NFL peers, especially his peers going into the league. Um, he didn't play great against better tackle talent, but again, I think that's just more of a byproduct of just that's guys guys don't dominate games like Will Anderson does. It's just you don't really see that. Um, nothing jumps off the screen at you. It's like, oh, man, he's got a really good this or he's really, really great at this, like I said. But um, just a sound player. He got dropped into coverage at times, and he was not good there. Um, I think Clemson did him a disservice doing that. He just wasn't suited for it. Um, he knows where to go, like, you know, IQ-wise, but athletically it's just not his game. He's not like some long-rangey athlete that's going to be able to run out and, you know, play in coverage. So a guy who kind of profiles as a traditional defensive end. Um, again, veteran guy, good locker room presence. Gonna be got the teams you're gonna fall in love with in the draft process 100. Um, and like I said, a guy who just kind of does everything pretty well um, would have been, again, right in that top 10 range. A guy who's gonna be picked on probably day day two, probably the third round. If I had to project like 50 to 80, probably closer to that like seventh, you know, late 60 to 80 range. Um, but absolutely a guy who can contribute from day one. I think a guy who can you can you can play it. You could play him on most downs and he'd be fine. I'm not going to be a starter by any means from day one, but a guy you can rotate in and contribute and can bring a lot to a room with his mindset and, and, and the, what he knows about the game. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. He's probably my sixth guy, maybe seven, um, but I didn't rank the guys outside the top five. But yeah, I projected him 60 to 80 there, you know, beginning of the third, most likely. 6'4, 255 is going to be 24 years and three months old on draft night. Might be the oldest player drafted. Um, that's pretty crazy. Someone that's, you know, a good bit into the, their 24th year getting drafted with, you know, guys that are four months from being 21, like we'll talk about in a little bit. But 
he grew up three hours from campus. He played on the loaded Clemson front, which you see a lot of guys come out of. You know, Clemson and Georgia are D-line factories for the most part. He logged 607 snaps. He had 51 tackles, 50 pressures, three and a half sacks, six TFLs, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. You notice 50 pressures is right up there with the top guys. Um, he had really good instincts. He had quick and violent hands. I said that he had aggression with awareness and that he had solid length. Um, weaknesses, he didn't have, you know, ideal speed, top notch. thought he was a little bit slower. Uh, he wasn't the best, I mean, because of that, he wasn't the best in pursuit. And I noticed he wasn't really in three-point stances a lot. He was really only productive standing up in a two-point stance. Um, yeah. He had a little trouble setting the edge against the run, but it wasn't a huge deal uh, with their D-line. And normally in the ACC, their you know tackles aren't that good, let alone their offensive lines. He had, he had yeah. two really good linebackers behind him, too. I'll, I'll add that in there right. to kind of add some context. He had two great linebackers behind him. Right, yeah, the front seven was definitely the strength of that Clemson team. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty much all I have on KJ. Um, yeah, like six or seven probably in my rankings. But next up, we got his teammate, Miles Murphy. Um, yeah, another guy that was part of the loaded defensive line. He's from Marietta, Georgia, which I'll add is the same exact town. I don't remember if it was the same high school as BJ and Aziz Ojolari went to. Um he is 6'5", 275, so the second biggest guy in this class behind Tyree, at least from the measurables I obtained. Senior Bowl, or excuse me, Combine could change that. Grew up just under two and a half hours from campus. He's one of the younger guys in his class, which is always good, at 21 years and four months at the time of the draft. He logged 586 snaps as a junior in 2022. 40 tackles, 34 pressures, six and a half sacks, 11 TFLs, and a forced fumble. He was great with both speed and power. He is very strong with impressive weight room numbers, along with a 35-inch vertical. Uh, his spin move and his hands are solid. He is a project more so than other guys, I think. You know, in terms of guys that are projects in this class, he's probably right up there at the top. He does have all the tools, and, you know, he has the moves. He has the strength and stuff like that. He just needs to put it together and be more cohesive with it. Uh, in terms of weaknesses, he had a better 2021, almost nearly as good 2020 as his 2022 season, which isn't ideal. Um, you know, another guy that plays a little tall, he can't always shed blockers, and he isn't quite as explosive. Um, you know, it is due. He's a little bit tighter in the hips, and I still think he'll be a top 15 pick, um, most likely. I have him as my edge three. It was really tough. You know, three to six rankings were really tough outside the top two and I just put him at three um, because I, I looked at a few different rankings and some some pages had him at three some had him at five and so I, I decided to put him at three because he has the size he has the tools he's young he has plenty of room to grow he's not a fifth year guy that's raw like McDonald he's a third year guy that's raw so it should be fun to see how he grows uh, depending on you know what system or what coaches he works with at the next level um, but yeah he was my Edge three on the board, and both the Clemson guys uh, should be productive at the next level. Yeah, I had Miles at edge three as well. Um, I, I'll give you the context here. Miles went to Hillgrove High School, and um, the Ojolari brothers went to Marietta, Marietta High School, 11 minutes apart by car. So that whole little cluster in Marietta, Georgia, produced some dudes on the defensive line. Um but again, getting back to Miles here in his tape watch, um, when it clicks for Miles, 
dude, he's a freak. When it when it clicks, it clicks. Um, the problem is it needs to click a hell of a lot more often than it does right now. Um, granted, he's really young. He's going to be 21 when the season starts. 20, maybe was it 21 when the season starts? He's I, I don't 21.4 on draft day, so he'll be 21. Yeah, so he'll years be 21 like when the months. year starts. Yeah. So again, a young guy. Uh, he's a freak athlete. I mean, he he's going to test like an absolute animal. He's not the bendiest, but he has plenty of bend at 6'5", 275 is huge. He's going to test really, really well. Um, you know, you're projecting with him, but that's what you that's what you have to do with most edge rushers. Even the guy, even Tyree, who we're going to have it too, like we've talked about. He's a projection at times, but again, just there's more of it um, that you see. But again, a guy who's going to be 21 years old right now, he plays violently. He plays strong. He closes the gap upfield really well, which is something that you like to see from, from young edge rushers. He's going to get the, t- the, the Trayvon Walker comp, and I've seen it a lot, and I don't want to kind of dispel that. Trayvon got the – you're getting that comp because of the pass rush upside. Trayvon Walker was an elite run defender in college, and and I don't think Miles is the same way. Trayvon was also a little bit older and played with a lot more experience, I thought. Um, one of the only places in college where you're going to get better coaching than Clemson is at Georgia. So, again, um, that kind of feeds into that. But, I'll get, again, back to Miles. Um, the long arm is deadly. Like when he gets the like when he gets like hips, legs, arms, hands all synced, the long arm is nasty. I mean, when he gets the long arm, when he gets it off, it's one of the best moves in this entire class. And that's up there with like Will's speed move off the edge, Tyree's bull rush, which we're gonna talk about a particular play that I texted you and go, Oh my god, that's really impressive. That's how Miles' long arm is at times. I mean, it's really, really good when he can get it off and he can get Everything synced together again. The hands, the hips, the arms, the legs. When it goes all through together, and he and he fires the hips through. I mean, it's it's really impressive. Um, he I thought he played the end man role in split zone really well. You know, obviously a lot of times when you run split zone, you're gonna leave the defense the backside defensive end and make him try and pursue you on the backside of the play. I thought Miles did that pretty well. Um, he collapses well, kind of inside on open space. Um, super smart guy. Again, coaches love this kid. Off the field is a great kid. On the field is great. Um, he plays with a really high IQ, which I think is a theme with these Clemson defensive linemen. They all play really, really smart. Um, I thought he that he bended around the edge well, and he could run the hoop pretty well for a guy that size. I'm not asking for him to be William Anderson Jr. as a, as a bendy athlete. I mean, he's 6'5", 275. He's big. It's hard. Um, but he, it's definitely there. Um, again, when the power is there, it shows when he gets his hands inside on tackles, he's capable of walking, walking guys back. It's simply just the consistency of getting the hands inside, getting, the, getting, you know, the hips with the hands get flowing together. Um, that, that's a big part of it. The pad level is not great. Like you said, um, inconsistent hands is a huge one for him. He's got to get his hand. He gets his hand placement better. I mean, shoot, it'd be way better from day one. Um, he's got to be better against the run. I wanted him to have better hands in the run game was the big one um, and be able to kind of butt extend and, and, and see the ball and go get the ball. Um, when he doesn't land the long arm, he's done. I mean, he, the, the pass rush might as well be done for him. He might as well hope for a cleanup sack. Um, but again, like I said, the misses are bad. Peaks and valleys with him. If I gave I, the word I gave him was flashes. If I got to give him a phrase, it would have been it would have been high peaks and low valleys. Because the, the the good is some of the best in this class. The the bad is pretty bad at times with, with Miles. So, but again, he's a young kid. You know, he a guy like that probably plays a lot more at another school. 
with the amount of rotating that this defensive line did because they were so deep across the board. I mean, they were eight deep on this team. They were they were consistently rotating eight different bodies throughout that whole defensive line, and they were all fresh. They were really really good. Um, and they had and again they played with great linebackers. They didn't always need Miles to go, you know, make a play on the edge. A lot of times you had even Barrett Carter playing like their little safety role. He'd fly up and make a play. Jeremiah Trotter, who's newsflash going to be a top probably a top 10 player next year as a linebacker which is rare and then Trent Simpson's a guy who's probably a first round pick one of the first linebackers off the board those two guys are flying across the field you know they didn't really need to be these monster defensive ends today in the edge they didn't need that so um someone's gonna take miles really really early my early my early pick for him is probably either Detroit at six which I think they should take a corner there and get an edge at 18 um or 16 or whatever they're at and then um, Atlanta at eight seems like the spot for Miles. It keeps him in Georgia. He, it's back home. It's where he's comfortable. Um, and they need an edge rusher. They need a guy like my big physical edge rusher like Miles. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of where I have him projected is no lower than fifty, you know, top fifteen pick probably. I mean, if he if he slides, De- Detroit's taking him at eighteen no matter what if he slides. So, um, you know, really again, really high upside. Some of the highest ceiling in this class just. Needed to be a little more consistent uh, on those, the, the you know, the peaks. Um, we'll get to our next guy, though, and a guy who, again, uh, played football 11 minutes away from from Miles Murphy in high school, graduated the same year um, in B.J. Ojolari, younger brother of Giants, edge rusher, and second-round pick. Oh, uh, Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. Um, the word I gave B.J. was uh, versatile. I think he rushed kind of from all over the place at LSU. Um, a guy who... He's a pretty legit athlete, I thought. Um, the thing with him is he just, I don't know, he he's slippery at times, but he was a little inconsistent. Um, freak athlete, though. The production was there this year at LSU. They had a really good year. Um, but I thought he was versatile because he rushed really well from from the inside at 6'3", 250, um, which is pretty impressive that he rushed there well. I mean, he had really good speed off the line. Um, thought his hands were pretty solid. Um, again, I thought he was really slippery. He got a pretty good rip mover on the edge on tackles. Um, he dropped in the coverage some. Thought he did well there. Um, just, just still, just a raw, a raw player at you know 21 years old. So, um, I believe he's actually one of the younger. I, if I look at his birthday, I'm gonna remember it. I didn't write him down because I was kind of finishing these guys up later in the week. Um, do you have his birthday written down, bro? Just over. He's gonna turn 21 a month before the draft. That's right. And say so he's. I know he's really young. He's gonna be like 21 right on the draft. So. Um, young player, a lot to work with tools wise. Um, again, a guy you drop in the all the tools box with decent production, but like the tools are there for him to become a, a, an elite player in the not elite, but a really good player in the NFL. I agree. Yeah, a guy I watched, like you said, from Marietta, Georgia, six three two fifty. Um, you know, he, it runs in his family to be a solid football player. Grew up eight hours from LSU, so a good hike. Um, for him from Georgia to Baton Rouge. He did have a productive 2021 as well, which is always good to see. Um, you know, you know, sometimes you're a little hesitant with the one-year wonder guys. He had 58 tackles, 50 pressures, which was really solid, five and a half sacks, a little on the lower end, but he did have a ton of pressures with QB hits and pressures and stuff like that. Um, five tackles for loss, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. I noticed he was fluid in pursuit with some pass rush upside with those five and a half sacks. Um, He had a quick first step and quiet feet. Very versatile, and he's flexible. Uh, Really good athlete, like you mentioned. 
I noticed he was a little weak at the point of attack, and he lacks ideal length. You know, a little bit smaller. Likely wanted to add some strength to his frame. You know, you see 6'3", 250, and you think they're pretty strong. Um, it just seemed like he was a little bit on the weaker side for that frame. Um, projected him 30 to 45. Probably first half of the second round is where I would guess. Yeah. And he was in my 6 to 8 range. I don't know if I would rank those guys, but he was about 6 to 8 um, yeah. in terms of my rankings. And, yeah, really solid. And he should have some production at the next level. Maybe not year one, but nonetheless, um, he should come on strong for a team on his rookie deal. Yeah, and I forgot to mention he was about he was he was in the next five up category for me. It wasn't a top five player, but um, frankly, all five of those guys could have been top like the like the six to ten. I didn't even rank them because I couldn't. Um, but he was in that six right. to ten where it's like man, he could have been right up there at five. So um, even as we talked about these guys, like I said. The even the four to the four to ten, it's all pretty close for me for the most part. Um, yeah, Ojalar would have been right around there. And, I, and again, I think with the athletic upside, the pedigree probably probably would have projected him like thirty to fifty, thirty to sixty. Hard to tell with some of these guys, but um, the athletic traits are somewhere there, like you said. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, four to ten was definitely tough. Oh, I did end up ranking four and five. A guy that did come in at five, and who we're talking about next is George's Nolan Smith. From Savannah, Georgia, um, 6'3", 235. He's going to be 22 years and three months old at the time of the draft. Grew up four hours from campus, and unfortunately this year, uh, in his fourth season, he decided to come back last year after initially thinking he would declare. Decided to come back for a fourth year, and in his eighth game of the season, he tore his peck. Although he played eight games, he only logged 188 snaps. He had 18 tackles, 19 pressures, three sacks, and six TFLs. Uh, no fumbles or interceptions. Really good athlete, though. He's physical and can play both the pass and run well. He has a knack for the ball. Uh, solid skip move. Uh, pretty rangy run defender, and he bends well. He can turn the corner quickly. Uh, kind of your modern-day edge rusher. Although I noticed he had a little weak hands. Um, could use more pass rush moves. And he only had 11 and a half sacks in his four seasons in Athens. Um, I noticed he didn't have the best pursuit angles, and of course there are some injury concerns. I never like to say anyone's injury prone, but with injury concerns, uh, it's definitely tough. You know, the lack of production while he was on a loaded defensive front, especially in 2021, um, it was definitely tough to see him. You know, have his final season cut short for Georgia, but nonetheless, I think he will be you know a top two round pick. You're probably talking first half of second round. Um, you know, a team in the first might draft him but i'm not sure um but yeah i mean i think overall he's a guy that if you can put the injuries to the side and get a few seasons of him healthy with stacked off seasons and a lot of uh, experience and getting him on the field for some snaps i think he'll turn into a really solid um you know high production guy you know, I, I had Nolan Smith at edge four, so pretty closely to you. But again, four to ten was really close for me. He could could swap. You could put him anywhere. I wouldn't have been too mad. Nolan's a guy that I definitely was definitely on the higher end of the group, though, and was pretty firmly at four, I guess. Um, thought about him at three over Miles, but again, it's just it's the upside and the the clean bill of health for Miles that really did it for me. And again, just the upside and the flashes is too much with Nolan. Um, you know, the, the, the word I gave him was leader, and I could have given him a bunch of other words about edge rushers, but what I what I love about this kid, and I think that the NFL teams are going to love even more, um, when he got that, when he had that injury, it was on an ACL, right? It was what we, it was, so. I know it was against Florida, um, 
He's, he's done for the year, right? He's not playing the rest of the season. He was at every single practice, at every single weight. It was literally everything the team was at, he was at, coaching up guys, trying to be, you know, basically a player coach at that point. Um, he was in a in his jersey and, like, shorts and tennis shoes and a knee brace out for coin flips as a captain, especially in the, in the playoffs. Um, you know, he was out there because he because Kirby Smart wanted him to be out there. He wanted him to be part of the team, part of still be a leader. Um, so I think that's a, that's a huge thing. Kirby Smart even said, like, him coming back, he could have gone pro and, and he would have been on an NFL team this year playing, but he, he felt the need to come back and be a leader for the younger defensive line group. And he felt obligated to do that. And he wanted to go win another natty at Georgia. And sure enough, he did. Um, you know, I felt bad for him. I obviously feel bad he got hurt. Um, but again, off off the field, this is a guy who's going to interview with teams at the combine and they're going to fall in love with him. Um, they're going to want to pick him in the first round. So I think he's going to be a first round pick. I project him like, 20-ish to like 40-ish. It's just the injury issues might might knock him down boards for some people, which I would understand. Um, I thought he was pretty strong at the point of attack for being 6'3", 235. Um, I thought he played down the line well, high motor guy. I thought he placed his hands well in the pass game. I thought he frequently got his hands inside on tackles. Not that he was violent with his hands. I don't think he was super violent, like you said, but I thought he had good hand placement. Um, good one trailing the run. But he understood where running backs wanted to cut back on. Again, when he was the backside player in an outside zone, they just left him. He trailed the line really, really well, knowing that the running back was going to want a back cut in the A gap for the backside A gap. Seeing that back cut, and he played it really well. A couple of reps where he just lit dudes up. Um, good luck reaching this guy too. I mean, he. I thought he played the run pretty, pretty well. Um, he absolutely dominated tight ends. I mean, he made he made tight ends look silly against him. Um, thought he had better 21 tape than 22 tape. Um, again, it sounded like he was banged up before the knee injury from what I kind of read. I, it may or may not be true. I have no idea. That's just kind of what it sounded like from kind of looking into his early in the season stuff. Um, he fits the three, four outside linebacker mold. Perfect. I mean, you don't, you don't want those guys to be six foot five having trouble, trouble moving. I think he's a really good athlete. Um, he did pretty well dropping in coverage considering he's not, not a coverage player for the most part. Um, when he gets the speed and gear in the rush, he's awesome. It's just a little more consistency there. It'd be nice. Um, I thought he identified the run well and shot gaps well. Again, while he wasn't violent with the hands, he did a good job of butting, extending, and being able to identify the rush and getting in the rush line where the running back was kind of getting to the hole. Um, but again, three, four, three, four outside linebacker to a T. Um, probably not a three, four defensive end with that size and the strength. Could be a little bit better. Um, granted, he was he was plenty strong. I thought. Um, could be better in the chase down with his angles, like you said. Um, would have had a second sack against Mizzou if he took a better angle and got, you know, just a stronger hold of the quarterback's angles. Um, he could play with better pad level. Didn't love it. The pad level for a guy at six foot three. Um, thought he could come off a little bit lower sometimes. Um, and I just wanted him to play faster more often. I felt like sometimes he was playing a little bit hesitant. Um, and like he was a little too patient at times. And again, it goes back to the, my next thing with his stunts was like, you want to be patient in your stunt. You don't want to like get to your stunt too quickly. Because then it's like you're going to run right into a guard or something. You want to kind of on your stunts, kind of slow play it, and then shoot shoot a, shoot a gap when a guard kind of is late getting somewhere or whatever, or just late passing off the crosser as a looper. You want to kind of play it patient. I thought he was too patient sometimes. I was like, man, just just go, just just go. Hey, the guards the guards there. He 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 passed off the the, the slanter. You're not going to get him. Just just go right. So wanted to be a little bit less patient at times. Um, but again, overall. I thought he played really well, played smart. Um, and again, a guy who's an absolute monster in 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 the past game at times. Again, when he gets his speed going, 
good luck. He's 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 awesome off the edge. Like I said, plays explosive. So um, I'm a big Nolan Smith fan. Um, if you put like I said, you put the injuries aside, you're looking at a great pass rusher who can who can contribute day one or the three four defense as an outside linebacker. Um, and a guy who can who's definitely has some development again still to have just with the missing some time on the football field. So while he is a senior and he's 22, he's got plenty of plenty of time to develop still and plenty of development to be had. So um, big Nolan Smith fan. Next guy coming in here is a guy I had at edge five. Um, not a guy I thought would be a top. I did not think he'd be a top five player for me. Um, the production was outstanding at USC. It was Tulu Tua Pelotu. Um, he's listed as an IDL a lot of people, a lot of places. Dude, he got like, if I go up and pull up like the PFF stats, um, let's see, pull up defense report real fast because I'm, I'm genuinely curious now. Um, he played almost no snaps on the inside. Like he played edge almost exclusively, um, which was, it's interesting to me that he is listed as an IDL. Um, of his snaps that he played, he played, let's see. Let me get, I'm sorry. I'm, I should have done this beforehand. I just really didn't think about it, to be honest. Um, let's see. In his alignment, he played 32 snaps in the A-gap this year, if not less, if this will let me slide over. Um, let's see. He played, that's in his career, 10 A-gap snaps this year, 53 B-gap snaps, 124 over the tackle, and, and 486 outside the tackle. He's an edge player through and through. Um Glad I didn't watch him lot or, or watch. Did, glad I didn't save him for the edge group or for the IDL group and watched him this week for the edge group. Um, but I mean, he gave Joe Alt, who was the best left tackle in football the entire year at Notre Dame, he gave him the, the he gave him fits. Um, absolutely gave him the best competition he'd seen all year. Um, the word I gave him was sneaky. He's six four two ninety. He's definitely has the size to play inside if you wanted him to. Um, but he didn't look like an absolute monster edge rusher. Um, but he kind of sneaks up on you a little bit. He gets off the ball really well. Again, I'd like him to be up on the line a little bit better. He was like off the line of scrimmage sometimes, which was strange, but, um, got, got off the ball pretty well for the most part. Um, plays powerful. Like I said, he, I think he could be a great three tech. If you reduce him down inside, he plays pretty strong. He moves incredible for a 200. I don't know if he's actually 290. I mean, he didn't look like a 200, 290 pounder. He moved way faster than that. Um, maybe he is, and he's going to test like an absolute monster at the combine. If he's if he's six four two ninety and he and he runs at the combine and he weighs that much and he runs like the way he does in his tape, he's going to be a first rounder, and you can lock it up. I mean, I don't think he's two hundred ninety pounds, but again, he might be. He swallows up space off the edge, but he got into tackles really really quickly. Uh, high motor, he bends really well for his size. Again, not a guy who's like the bendiest athlete, but at six at six four two ninety, the bend is really really nice. Um, he took a crack at some pretty advanced rush moves. Like he threw a ghost, like a ghost move on somebody. And I was like, Oh, didn't expect that. That's a really good, really good move though. He got it to work. Um, I was impressed. He pulled that out of the bag. You don't really see college kids pull out the ghost rush hardly ever. Um, and let alone as it work. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, it was a really good rep. The Washington state tackles are really bad. Let's just get that out there now. I mean, he dominated one of the more dominating address performances I've seen. Doesn't really, I think he had like three sacks or something like that. Um, yeah, three sacks against Washington State, but I mean, he had like what six pressures, two hit, or a hit in a hurry. So I mean, just all over the place against them. Really good rip move. Um, he had an and ridiculous inside rush move against Joe Alt. Um, yeah, I was man, like that's that's really good. Um, so if you can get that that stuff out of him, most reps, he's gonna be a really good defensive end, defensive end for you. Um, 
he beat the Notre Dame right tackle pretty bad for a sack. Just like I said, a quick root, quick edge, edge, quick rip move around the edge, I should say. Sorry. Um, they just played a, I think he played a really sound defense um, on an, an incredibly undisciplined defense. The USC defense was bad. I think everyone knows that. Um, Alex Grinch called some horrendous stunts. It was like, man, I don't know if he's, I don't know if like Tuli's just out of position in, in this play, like as a run defender, or if he's just like stunning to the wrong place. I don't know. Um, he could recognize the run better, and I think he could play with better control. While he did move really fast, I felt like he was sometimes out of control. And if he'd have just played in control a bit better, he would have made a couple more tackles behind the line, um, a couple more plays. You know, got got cut back on a little bit at times with over over pursuit. But overall, I mean, the guy's tape was way better than I thought it'd be. Um, I think he's a first rounder personally. I I can have him at edge five. I'm gonna project him from like 25 to 20 to probably like 20 to 50. I mean. Could really go anywhere in there. I, this edge class is confusing to me outside of like the top three. And obviously Van Ness could go early because because of the upside, but like I don't know where these guys are gonna go. You're seeing names thrown in the first round that you you haven't seen in first round mocks, but it's like you can see a guy go first, you can see a guy go eight overall, and you can see the same guy go forty in the next mock draft. So it's a class of stuff to place, but I had to put kind of a, a range on to a Pelotu would be there. I agree. Yeah, guy that I was really looking forward to seeing. Um, you know, six four two ninety jumps off, but he's gonna be twenty years and eight months old at the time of the draft. Yeah, he's young. He's dude. gonna be one of the youngest guys, if not the youngest, in the draft. Um, he grew up just twenty minutes from campus in Hawthorne, California. Um, he won't turn twenty one until week one. Um, increased in production and volume each of his three seasons as a Trojan, which is huge. He logged 688 snaps this past season. He had 46 tackles, 51 pressures, 13 and a half sacks, 17 tackles for loss, and two forced fumbles. I noticed he was smooth. Uh, he's fairly versatile, has a knack for getting to the QB. He led the country in sacks. Um, pretty explosive. I noticed he was a little bit tight in his rushes and getting off blocks. Can't always bend the best, uh, but he is a lateral mover that can't get to the ball in pursuit sometimes. Um and that leads to, you know, a little bit of tight hips. Yeah, I've projected 30 to 50. I definitely think he's a guy that could sneak into the first round. Um, you know, I'd be a little bit surprised if he was in the second just because of how young he is, his production. And he wasn't going against the worst competition. I mean, Pac-12 is pretty solid um, tackles normally, along with playing Notre Dame. Um, and, yeah, I mean, really impressive stuff. I d- don't know what the order these guys could go. But he was an impressive guy, and I was really surprised when watching him. Like you said, it was – I didn't think he would be on this list. He's probably my sixth guy, probably at six for me. And it was just shocking to see a guy that I thought would be probably in the eight to ten range, you know, almost make the top five and really could have. Um, but, yeah, that leaves us with one guy left, um, alphabetical order. It just happens that he goes to the same school we do. and. It is Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech out of Henderson, Texas. Uh, he is 6'6", 275, although, you know, he's going to be three weeks from 23 at the time of the draft, so that's not great. Um, grew up just over seven hours from campus. Can't deny his unique size, and stats are impressive while only playing nine and a half games this past season, uh, injury-shortened season. He logged 538 snaps in 2022 and with a really high pressure rate when he was healthy. Um, 
61 tackles, 50 pressures, 8 sacks, 15 tackles for loss, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Um, you know, one of, if not the most versatile guy in the class. He can rush from anywhere. He is built for the NFL. He has the body to compete with big alignment and can rush however from wherever. And he showed improvement each year, which was big. Uh, you know, five years in which the first two he didn't play much at Texas A&M. Before transferring to Tech, uh, you know, last year he came on strong at the end of the year. And then this year when he was healthy, he was really strong. I noticed he wasn't as quick laterally, but he does have great pursuit. There were plenty of chase down tackles uh, that I saw in person and on film. He could use a couple more moves, and that's likely to come, you know, in training camp and with certain coaches and stuff like that. I think that'll be pretty easily picked up by him uh, at the next level. And I noticed the body doesn't always follow the feet. Sometimes, you know, what's surprising for being 6'6", 275 is his feet are quicker um, than his body in most run plays. Um, you know, his feet would always point him in the direction, but sometimes his body was lagging. He was either, you know, a few tackles or guards would get in his way or he wouldn't take the best angle, which was rare, but nonetheless something you have to notice with this guy. Um, project him top 12. He likely goes around, you know, eight or so, like you were mentioning with Miles. But, yeah, really excited to see, you know, how he does at the Combine, knowing that he's really the first guy, like highly touted draft guy that we can, like, actually relate to because he went to our college and stuff like that. Like, this is really the first time. Like, yeah, we played guys in high school that were drafted high, but in terms of, like, guys that we've seen in college and stuff like that, it's just really cool that, I mean, I guess you can call it a coincidence that a school we go to has a guy that's going to be drafted really high, and it should be interesting to see how he does at the next level. Um, always rooting for former Red Raiders for the most part, so it should be fun. That's edge in the class, baby. No, I, have, I obviously have Tyree at two. Um, I'm a huge Tyree Wilson fan. I mean, the guy is, the guy is awesome. He was a huge part of the culture rebuild here at Texas Tech in the last you know year and a half, roughly. Um, kind of started when Matt Wells was fired, um, and then when McGuire took over is when it really kicked into gear. And Tyree was a big part of that. Tyree's been very outspoken about, like, hey, you can come to Lubbock and be successful and get to the next level. Because I'm a great example of that. He goes, I came to Texas Tech as an incomplete player, guy who couldn't get on the field at really A&M that much, and came to Texas Tech, got on the field right away, and was a high-impact player and was on pace to lead the nation in, in, in pressures before he got hurt. Um, and I believe he was number one in, in, in pass rush win rate and pressure rate. Um, before he got hurt. So again, just a guy, a guy who you're, you're going to be older, redshirt senior, but at six six two seventy five, and a and let's see, an eighty six inch wingspan at six foot six, he's the most unique defensive end in this entire class. That includes Andre Carter out of out of Army's gonna be like six seven, um, who's got a ridiculous wingspan. Tyree's got a, a stupid. I mean, that wingspan is an inch shorter than than Giannis Antetokounmpo and Nikola Jokic, who are arguably the two best players in the NBA guys are both over seven feet tall. So it's like at six, six with that wingspan, he's just going to luck into some sacks, right? It's, but he, it's not that he lucks into sacks. I mean, he's incredibly powerful. Um, you know, he needs development as a pass rusher. And I think his pass rush plan could be a lot better. Him coming off the ball and like not really having a move for a lot of the time is not great. But again, it's the, the sheer power he plays with the word I gave him was a wreck. Cause it looks like a car crash and a car wreck whenever he, is hitting offensive tackles. Um, he dominated tight ends. I mean, absolutely dominated against tight ends. Um, Philly's the most fun fit, I think, because he could like he could learn for a year, contribute right away. Um, but I think he's going to land it with land in Seattle with the fifth overall pick. 
Um, should they hold it? Again, that could be traded for a quarterback. I think that's a sneaky trade spot um, for like a Will Levis or a CJ, whoever's kind of there from, you know, Carolina wants to get up above Vegas. They could go to five and get him. Um, but I think, I think Tyree, if the, if the order holds at five, if Seattle six and picks at five, I think he's the guy they take. Pete Carroll's talked at length about how, you know, the defense kept them, kept them up and not how bad they were. And they have to get better up front in the front seven. They want to get bigger. Um, I mean, you want to get bigger and better up front, take Tyree Wilson. So, um, you know, it fits both of those bills. I, I mean, dude, you could put Tyree Will in a NASCAR package. You could rush him literally anywhere. If you rush him outside on the edge, over the tackle, over the guard, over the center, rush him any in any gap you want to in a, in a NASCAR, which for those that don't know, the NASCAR package, it's called NASCAR because it's like, hey, it's like it's fast. Let's, you know, get up and brush the passer fast. Um Basically, just a pass rush package, pass rush specialist package. You put Tyree literally anywhere on the field in that package, and, he, and he'd rush the passer well. Um, drew a lot of double teams. Tackles oftentimes need a lot of help. To call him high motor would be an understatement, I think. Um, he doesn't really threaten the edge with his bend, but he threatens it with the length and power. Um, can run through you or run, run around you to a landmark. Um, high IQ football player, I thought. Long strides in the chase down in the ch- to chase down the give and read option. Um, he's not going to be the fastest straight line player, but he's got super long strides, super long limbs. Again, 86 inch wingspan's crazy. He's got long, long legs too. Um, to you know, give him long strides. He's good in pursuit that way. Um, he and he's so long limbed that like even when he's engaged with blockers, he can just reach an arm out and get a sack. I think he did that against um, I believe it was NC State. I, yeah, I know it was NC the NC yep. State game. And he just reached out and just grabbed Devin Lear. Was like, hey, sack. We're done. Like engage with a tackle, reached out and grabbed a guy. It's that's we just don't co you can't coach that. It's rare. Um nobody's gonna escape there's his reach when he doesn't win with speed, which he can't I think he can't win with speed when he gets the long arm. Um he gets the long he can win with the speed if he wants to. Um but guys just can't anchor against him. He's so powerful the guys just can't consistently walks back off into tackles, but he that a good hand placement, does a good job getting into the tackles inside shoulder when he wants to go inside. Um couple cons I have that I'll get to my last bit of um, pros and we'll kind of end it out there. Not the best, not the most bendy. I think not going to kill anybody with speed. He has really no pass rush plan past his first move, if at all. Um, a lot of times just hey bull rush and he's going to try and get there with length. Um, when he does have pass rush plan, when his first move kind of gets beat, he has no move after that. Um, I'm not going to say he lucks into sacks like that because he just can just opt for power. When he gets beat, it's like okay, just try and power got power through guys and he just walks back tackles which is why I think he's apt to over a lot of these guys who have these great moves, but get, get beat. And if they're beat, you just call it a, you know, got a cleanup sack. Tyree's not like that. When he gets beat, it's just okay. Power and just try and bully offense. We got offense tackles back. Um, you got to see him have a, a, a plan though. That's the best. That's the best thing is you got to have a plan. And then I wish he'd be a little bit better in run game recognition. And when he gets his extension, I want to see him be a little bit better being decisive on where to go. I feel like at times he got the extension when he, when he got the extension, it was like, he was a little bit indecisive at times Um, while he was high football IQ. It was like, man, you just, just, just choose, just go. Don't sit there and kind of guess, just go. Um, But again, you know, when the hands and the hips and the legs and the arms all go together, I mean, there, there's not a better power rusher in this entire class, let alone like his power move up at the best bull rush move. I've seen in a few years. Um, unrelated to Tyree, B. John Robinson's freak. I watched the Texas game with a, with a fine tooth comb because one, I wanted to relive that epic game that we got to see in person. 
Um, and two, I just wanted to watch the, all, all the talent that was on the field. Um, also, Josiah Pierre, Texas Tech edge rusher number eight, going to have a freak year next year. He's a little smaller, undersized, like I think he's like 6'3", 243, but could have a meteoric rise in the way that Tyree did this year. Um, I think he's going to have an awesome year next year. Um, Pierre's ridiculously fast off the edge and super bendy, so the opposite of Tyree, if you will, but um, a little smaller, super twitchy, bendy athlete, but going to have a great year next year, I think. But I'll finish it up with this. Um, isn't I sent you a video of this and I like comic. I like, gave commentary on this video. If anyone, anyone in the Texas Tech defensive line, other than Tyree gets pressure, is it was against Texas. They, it was like the second to last offensive player of the game. If he gets a sack, like the game's over if he gets a sack. And he gears up and he, I mean, hips and hands just explode through the left tackle. I mean, he, I don't know if I've ever seen a left tackle get blown off the ball like this in pass pro all in all my tape watch. He explodes through this tackle. Um, he put the left tackle in Hudson Card's lap. Problem is, Card literally stepped up to his right into the cleanest pocket I've ever seen in my life. Everyone was on the line of scrimmage. He just threw a ball to the sideline, and they end up get catching it, stepping out of bounds, kick a field goal, go to overtime. Obviously, Texas Tech won the game, but like, I mean, if Tyree gets a sack, the game's and he knew that. I mean, it's a closer mentality. I talked about it with KJ. It's like when guys know, like, hey, if I get it, like, game's over, I can end the game right here. It's like a basketball player with, you know, it's like Damian Lillard he gets the ball in his hands. He wants to, he wants the, he wants the, the ball and he wants to get the last shot. Tyree wanted the last shot. He was going to get it. Um, again, he gets a sack. Everyone's downfield. He gets a sack. Game's over. So, um, love to see the closer mentality and the clutchness from Tyree. Um, w- literally would have ended the game. He almost did. Um, but yeah, no, I, this is a guy I love. I, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm openly going to be biased against Tyree, and I'm going to understand that, but I'm allowed to. He, he went to he goes to the school that I'm currently attending. Um, it was awesome to see him play in person. Um, if he, I've seen him around campus. I mean, he's he's literally – he's a monster. He's ginormous. He gets huge. So, um, But, yeah, really cool to see a, a guy like this from Texas Tech get all his pub. It's great for the university. It's great for, the, for just the team in general. Um, I'm going to buy a Terry Wilson jersey probably wherever he goes. I might even buy the NIL one if I still can. Um, but I'm going to be pulling for Tyree wherever he goes. Hopefully he's not a Raider. I'll be really – I'll be really – I might shed a tear on draft night if he's a Raider. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, yeah, that would be tough. But yeah, no, it would oh, be so painful. But, again, he, he's an awesome guy. He's going to succeed at the next level. It may take him a year to get there as an every-down player. But, again, a guy you can rush from every place, every position on the on, up front – Really good culture guy, great locker room guy, um, and not like some crazy outspoken dude who's you know a lead by example type of guy. Um, but yeah, it, it can be a part of a culture change. Everything good thing you want to say about the kid, I'll, I'll echo it. So um, my favorite player in this class, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, this is one of my guys, one of both of our guys. Um, really excited to see where he goes to the next level, and excited to follow his his draft process journey as well. For sure, yeah, guy. I'm looking forward to following for a while. Hopefully, with a long career in the NFL. Um, that wraps up our fourth episode of the 2023 NFL Draft positional rankings. Next week, next Friday, in six days, we will have tight ends. Uh, we're going to rank our top five tight ends, and I'm not sure how many we'll get to after that. Um, they don't come in the same volume that edge rushers and receivers and corners do. Um, but yeah, you watched 12 edges. I watched 10. Um, so we got to a good bit of guys. My top five was Nolan Smith at five, Isaiah Foskey at four, Miles Murphy at three, Tyree Wilson at two, and Will Anderson at one. 
Yours was Tuli Tupelotu at five, Nolan Smith at four, Miles Murphy at three, Tyree at two, and Will at one. Um, so pretty similar. Uh, we probably just rotated our four through six a little bit. Uh, Tuli was probably my sixth guy, like I said, so just missed the cut from being, you know, maybe identical rankings. So, um, yeah, good episode. Quicker one for the amount of guys we discussed, just over an hour. Um, like I said, next week we'll have tight ends, but before that on Tuesday – we're going to have our normal episode where we're giving some updates on just the real world of sports outside the NFL draft. Um, a slew of things to talk about that we'll get into. We have our NHL standings update. We're going to talk about golf with the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am going on. Going to recap the Senior Bowl. Uh, the game is today. Then we're going to have our NFL honors predictions as that is next Thursday at 8 p.m. And then any coaching hire updates. We do have a few Um but yeah, that's going to be pretty much it. Uh, probably a quicker episode, but nonetheless, we're going to have one Tuesday and one Friday. I will say, this tight end group is very good. Now, this might be the best tight end class in a long time. Obviously, there's no Kyle Pitts who's broke the, 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 the tight end scouting world. Let's just say that. Right. But this is a very good class. I mean, there's five guys that, are gonna, that should go in the top 50. You don't see that. So I mean, really, it's, I mean, it's it's a firm four guys who are like, man, these guys, these are top fifty players. You, we could see four players drafted in the first. I think definitely three in the first round, maybe four, depending on what Luke Musgrove does. Kind of a spoiler, or whatever. Um, but this is a great class, and I'm really excited to watch. I think the place Chargers could draft in the first round, even the second round. But I'm excited for it. Um. Just wanted to get that in there real quick as a little, little teaser for the tight end group next week. It's an incredible group, dude. I'm it, Awesome. So excited for it. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Well, I don't think it's a position the Ravens go in the draft at all. Uh, you know, with being drafting two tight ends last year and only having five picks in this draft currently. Don't think it's the direction they go, but nonetheless excited to watch them. Uh, always integral position in the Ravens system. And, yeah, we'll have that for you all next Friday uh, to resume our Friday rankings. I think we are – through four of the nine rankings we have nine weeks um we're not going to reveal the whole order now but we'll just say for now that next week's tight end so be looking forward to that and on tuesday we'll have the typical episode uh, follow us on social media on instagram and twitter at cold seat podcast and i think that'll wrap this one up uh, we will see you all on tuesday see you guys soon